You're listening to The Wrong Station Pledge Drive. The Wrong Station is only possible with the support of listeners like you. Become a subscriber today by visiting patreon.com slash thewrongstation. You'll receive access to bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes discussions, our new book club, and so much more. Today, The Wrong Station is proud to present This Is What I've Been Training My Body For by Anthony Botello. As far as summers go, Joey's didn't start off the best. Heartbreak, the ensuing emergency move, and a long, stressful work project throughout May and June set the stage for a dour season. But, being someone who preferred to show the world a smile, who didn't want to worry people, who you really couldn't tell with when he'd say he was fine, though you'd never press him about it because odds were slightly better that he was, he was determined to make the best of this summer. This manifested itself in multiple ways. Social calls, with close friends, with new friends, and with a wider circle he felt he'd neglected somewhat in the months past. Activities, plays, live music, vintage thrifting, goodness, even hikes. If only you could have seen the bewilderment on his friends' faces one evening when he suggested to the group that they attend an academic talk that evening on exciting developments in biotechnology as though he were suggesting traveling to the Arctic Circle. A broadly manic phase, he'd jokingly call it. The warm weather's got me all juiced up, he'd say. Yes, friends, outings, and the drinking, of course. All part and parcel with the rest. Nothing troubling at first. A pint after the film, a nice scotch in the cool evening at the end of a long barbecue— Though as the weather got warmer and his schedule loosened up somewhat, he'd indulge himself a bit more often, and a bit earlier in the day. Never alone, of course, just to liven things up. Don't day drinks sound nicer for our catch-up than coffee? Doesn't a Caesar or an Aperol spritz make the dice roll of festival theater so much more bearable? His best friend, Ed, was the first to remark upon this shift, as they were sitting on a rooftop patio one evening. Man, you're really putting them away, he said. And he wasn't wrong. Joey was currently three pints in to Ed's pedestrian one and a half, and barely showing it. Yeah? I guess so. Practice makes perfect, right? Joey remarked. Yeah, man, you're in real fighting form. Fighting form? Joey liked that. It made it sound like he was training for the Olympics. Well, we've got the weddings coming up, right? Joey did indeed have not one, not two, but three weddings to attend that summer, all the invitations for which had come in beautiful envelopes addressed to Joey and Grace. The thought prompted him to flag down their server for another round. Can't be slacking. No doubt, no doubt, Ed chipped in. Don't have to be the last survivor, but can't be the first victim. Can't be the first victim. So that's what I've been training my body for. Well, Joey, the training shows... They clinked glasses to a fine little verbal rally and to a new purpose. Those last days of July drip-dropped away and now the golden fist of Augustus Caesar rose in the east. The first wedding. Ed's, incidentally. Ed had texted Joey a week earlier with the premonition that this wedding was going to pop off. That would be a real barn burner. And boy, did they burn that barn to the ground. 
Not to say that things got sloppy. No, not at all. Joey was the picture of responsibility. He coasted in that sweet pocket right before you finish your second glass of wine, all the way until 6.47 when he gave his speech, and only then proceeded to cut loose. In a fun way, of course. Everyone agreed. There was dancing, there were shots, there was cultural dancing, there was bubbly, there was cake, there was a nice brandy to finish the evening. Ed swung his arm around Joey's shoulder at 4 a.m. as they looked out over the last few remaining stragglers. Well done, he said. Well done. But this was no time to be sitting on his laurels. There was another wedding coming up, and soon he needed to prepare. He texted Ed the very next afternoon. Patio this week? Need to get some reps in. Ed responded several hours later. I don't think so. Gonna take it easy this week. Gotta recover, you know? Then, five minutes later, also want to spend some time with my wife. (laughs) Joey just stared at the screen of his phone. Stared at it as he walked to the fridge, grabbed a hard seltzer from within, and cracked it. The first time unnoticed by him in the moment, that he decided to drink alone that summer. The second wedding, Marsh's, was different. Still of a mostly positive tenor, but... different. There was no speech that had to be made this time, so it was off to the races immediately. Holy smokes, and look at you go, people said, with a twinge of worry, but in a way that could and would still be interpreted as encouraging. Seems like Joey's having fun, one friend said to another in a corner of the hall near 11 p.m. Yeah, it does seem that way, came the response. They'd all certainly noticed something, even if only at the backs of their minds, that there hadn't been as many social calls this August, no spontaneous trips to the theater or to an art show. Many of them had also hoped he'd meet someone at one of these weddings, have a bit of fun in that sense. But Joey had brushed off such notions. Oh, no, I'm fine, he said, even as a friend tried to set him up with someone there that night. I'm sure she's nice, but I'm fine. What, you think I can't take care of my own business? Besides, that's uh, that's not what tonight is about. Well, if he said he was fine, he must be fine. And as the evening caught up with everyone else and Joey revealed he'd snuck in a bottle of absinthe for the witching hour, their concerns melted away to boil and stew and bubble up into horrific hangovers the next morning. It was at Liam and Sasha's wedding, two weeks later, when things finally came to a head. People were concerned before they even arrived. Nobody, you'll understand, had seen or heard from Joey in those two weeks prior. No texts, let alone last-minute plans. And for good reason. Joey did not arrive half in the bag, or even all the way in the bag. He arrived having just signed a ten-year mortgage for the bag, with pictures showing how he'd feng shui'd the place. Red-eyed, scruffy, still wearing the same ensemble he'd had for Martha's, with little extra wear. And was that moss on the pant cuffs? Dirt under his fingernails and a slightly bog-like odor coming off his body? Like this, and holding a comically large coffee, he arrived at 3.30, ready and raring to go. Everyone was unsettled as he sat down to dinner and downed two glasses of Pinot Noir like they were ice water, but they said nothing. They began to murmur as he tried to coax the bride and groom's party into a round of picklebacks, and then slurped half of them himself when they told him they were trying to pace themselves. Ed tried to pull him aside for some 
Very soft, circumlocuted intervention after Joey did a keg stand. Did we even buy a keg? The bride and groom asked each other at the sight of this. Several more friends likewise made comments to Joey. All kind, all well-intentioned, all probably a full month too late. I'm fine, Joey finally exclaimed, a twinge of anger peeking out from the corner of that big smile. Why wouldn't I be fine? Do you think I can't hold my liquor? Do you think I can't hack it? No, no, people replied. It's not about that, though. We're just worried. But he cut them all off, his hand slicing through the air. This is what I've been training my body for, he said. I can drink anything here and however much, and I will be fine. And to demonstrate, he grabbed the nearest vessel at hand, which just so happened to be a stainless steel chafing dish, one of the deep ones from off the buffet line. Even this! Gasps and shouts and spread hands of protest went into the air as he lifted the container to his lips, taking no heed of the way that steam rolled off of its contents, or how it audibly sizzled and bubbled. As he drank deeply of the dish, as his own bloodshot eyes went wide, revealing that he was certainly not fine, and as he kept drinking regardless because, well, he had a point to try and prove. As he finished and dropped to his knees, and as the container fell from his hands, the last few drops of hot, brown, fatty beef jus dripping out onto the hall's hardwood floor, boiling cow liquid now filling him up and working its way into his guts and other parts, cooking his insides and lightly pouring from his eyes in a way that seemed anatomically impossible. A sad sight. A bit pathetic, really. A cry for help. Joey's friends looked at each other and all wordlessly agreed. Joey's drinking just wasn't fun anymore. Ed and a few others got his limp body up onto its feet, and one of them gave him a pat on the back. All right, buddy, you've had enough. Let's get you some water and put you to bed.